0: And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas on this Football Friday. Joining us now is from the Dallas Cowboys Network, Mr. Kyle Yeomans. Kyle, how are we on this Football Friday?
1: Doing fantastic. The Cowboys are 2-0, and a little less fantastic with Trayvon Diggs' injury results yesterday. But uh, other than that, I mean, everything's good on a Football Friday.
0: Let's start there. Trayvon Diggs out for the season, and this Cowboys defense – is it going to be able to survive at the level that we thought that they might be without Diggs in it?
1: No, uh, they can't survive, but are they going to be at the level that they would have been with Trayvon Diggs? Absolutely not. I mean, he's got a skill set that is uh, that is elite for a reason. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a shutdown corner. he's a, a ball magnet, ball Hawk, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's been the NFL leader over the last two years in interceptions and passes defended 15 picks 30 38 passes defended over the last two seasons both in both or most in both categories in the league and you can't just replace that you can't just pull that off the street and expect for uh one of these other guys to to have that same sort of impact uh is this defense good enough to still make some noise absolutely uh this defense still has a chance to be historically great mostly because of the pass rush up front and the depth that you have in the secondary. You're going to make some adjustments. Uh, Jordan Lewis will play in the slot. Now De'Ron Bland from the slot goes to the outside. He'll play on the perimeter. And then, of course, you made the addition of, of Stephon Gilmore in the offseason, and you hope he's uh, able and ready to, to take over that number one cornerback spot like he has throughout his career. So you'd feel better about if this injury would have happened now as opposed to when it when it happened uh, or if it would have happened in in the past, this is a deep secondary group. They feel really confident about the guys they have in the building. But the fact of the matter is, no matter how historically good this defense can be, it'll never reach the ceiling that it could have with Trayvon Diggs in the fold.
0: When you look at what Micah Parsons been able to do in the first two games, and really have been able to move him around, and I, you know, I just The way Dan Quinn sets this defense and is able to move guys around into into certain situations is really fun to watch. But Micah, I think, in my opinion, I want to get yours because you're around it more, Mm -hmm. he he could be the first defensive player in a long time to get MVP that's not a quarterback or anybody else. I mean, I think this guy legitimately has a shot at it.
1: No, I think he does, especially in a year where he he's in a, a quarterback-driven league, no doubt, but there's really not a ton of elite quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes at the top of the list would probably be the, the sure thing. Outside of that, there's really no sure things at the quarterback position. Uh, but Micah specifically, and the reason why I know this stat is because I, I do believe if he keeps this trajectory going, he could be in the conversation. But he could be the first since 1986, Lawrence Taylor,
0: Mm-hmm. The last
1: defensive player to win the MVP, only two have ever won it, and Lawrence Taylor did it in 1986. So, if if he continues to play the way that he has, which is possible for Micah Parsons, then yeah, he could certainly be in that fold. Outside of Defensive Player of the Year, sure, yeah, I think he he could be uh, very much so on that list too. But if he's if he's playing like he has been through these first two weeks and can continue that over an entire 17 game season, which is easier said than done. I think absolutely he's in that conversation, and he might be the front runner for MVP, especially uh, if there's nobody else that emerges at the quarterback position.
0: What is the best thing about this offense right now?
1: The way that they're taking care of the football, uh, and, and, and not only turnovers but in time of possession too. They won the time over time of possession battle against the team that wanted to win the time of possession battle last week forty two minutes and fifteen seconds. To 17 minutes in 45 seconds. I mean, it was the second most time of possession in a non-overtime regular season game in franchise history. They controlled the pace of that game from kickoff to the final whistle. They were in control all the way through. Big reason for that is one, your, your West Coast system, the way that Mike McCarthy has set up the play calling, keeps the chains moving, keeps the ball moving down the field, and they're able to continue to roll that direction. Uh, But the second thing is that you're not turning it over. Dak Prescott for the first time since 2021 has back-to-back games without an interception. Uh, He's done so by, by making smart decisions, taking the easy read, allowing the defense to to really give you an indicator on what the offense should do, taking what the defense gives you. And that in turn has, has provided some success. So, yeah, the defense has stole, stole, stolen the storylines as they should because the defense is just absolutely downright impressive. But I think the offense deserves some love too a, after what they've done these first two weeks.
0: How important is it for Dak to trust the process of this offense?
1: I think it's imperative because it, if you don't buy into what Mike McCarthy is selling from the West Coast, the Texas Coast offense, then I, especially at the quarterback position, I don't think you have as much success as they've had. But I think that's what Dak has done. Dak has bought into this idea since the moment that Kellen Moore left, since Mike McCarthy is, uh, is able to, to take over as a play caller. I think he's as much in, invested and plugged into this whole shift of, of mindset uh, as Mike McCarthy is. So having those two on the same page is, is imperative. It's, it's extremely crucial going especially in the middle to the latter parts of the season because that's when you got to get really creative when teams have film on you and you're still trying to find out who these teams are early. You might have some success, but that doesn't necessarily carry over into the middle of the, the schedule. So I'm interested to see how they continue to adjust and continue to, to push in the right direction.
0: Coming up against the Cardinals, it'll be Dak's one hundred start. Does that even seem possible?
1: <laughs> you know, it, it it feels like it's, it was yesterday that he was just a, a Heisman candidate out of Mississippi State, uh, leading the Bulldogs down the field to, for some big upsets in Starkville. And we're watching him on college football Saturday saying, Hey, he has a chance to be a good developmental quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be a guy that could be a, a third or fourth round pick. And he's going to be pretty good one day as a backup in the NFL. Uh, yeah, no, hundred starts later, just six years down the road. Now, I guess this is his eighth year in the league. But, yeah, eight years down the road, 100 games later, and he's a franchise quarterback. So he's he's. it's hard to believe, even based off of the the thought that we had back in 2016, that he's gotten to this point. But he's overcome all of those odds, and he's shown that he is a valuable, valuable piece of this franchise and somebody that the Cowboys want to to build around and, and continue to build toward.
0: How healthy is this offensive line right now, Kyle?
1: Oh, why you got to ask the hard questions? Ward? Sorry. Why you got to ask the tough <laughs> questions? The, the the health across the board, it's an interesting thought because this is going to be the first time, Ward, this week, as long as nothing happens between now and Sunday afternoon, that the Cowboys will have their top five offensive linemen on the field at the same time since 2021. It, it's been two seasons, almost two full seasons where the the Cowboys have not had their offensive line, because of course you you talk about the latter parts of 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had everybody healthy. You had Lyle Collins in the fold, who you would classify as your top guy. Then when you drafted Tyler Smith last year, Tyron Smith goes down. So he's out for a significant amount of time. When he makes his return, Terrence Steele goes down. So they don't play on the same offensive line together at all in 2022 so this is the first time especially now that Terrence Steele's been banked up you've had Tyler Smith out for these first two games Zach Martin's been on the injury report Tyler Biotis has been on the injury report the only guy that hasn't been really is Tyron Smith and he's been on there for an ankle injury but he hasn't missed any time all these other guys have at least missed time through the training camp process or practices this season so now that they're going to have all five guys on the field at the same time you have all five guys on the injury report at some time this season. So it's really an odd thought process, but Tyler Beata should be good to go. He came up with a hamstring injury in practice yesterday. Uh, Doesn't seem to be super serious says Mike McCarthy this morning. Um, Tyler Tyler's going to be back. It seems like he's going to plug right back into that left guard spot. Tyron's good. Zach Martin's good. Terrence Steele's good. So overall, everybody's a thumbs up, but you're keeping a close eye on that health moving into the rest of the regular season.
0: Kyle Yeoman's Cowboys network with us here in the press box on ESPN, Central Texas. And Kyle, is it imperative that Michael Gallup shows up this week for this team?
1: I think it's, it's, it would be an added plus. Is it imperative? Not necessarily just because I think now it's imperative that CD lamb and Brandon cooks show up more than Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think For Michael Gallup, he may look at it as it's an imperative. He has two catches this year for 13 yards, and even he's going to tell you that that's not enough. Uh, Only four targets. Uh, One thing I will say for those that have been critical with Michael Gallup through the first two weeks of the season, I get it. He had a disappointing year last year. You're expecting him to get back in the fold to what he looked like prior to the injury, but he had a big role last week. Because Sauce Gardner does not travel. The all-pro cornerback from the New York Jets does not travel. He stays on the same side of the field every snap. And Michael Gallup took away Sauce Gardner because then it allowed for CeeDee Lamb to have a mismatch. It allowed for Jalen Tolbert to have a mismatch. He might not have had a ton of work in terms of receptions or in terms of yardage. But if you go back and look at the film, he was being covered by Sauce Gardner the entirety of that game. And it, it rendered Sauce Gardner, for the most part, ineffective because Dak basically just stayed away from that side of the field, let those guys go after it, and then took advantage with C.D. Lamb and Jalen Tolbert on the other side.
0: Cowboys cut Ronald Jones, uh, the running back who was on suspension, and then uh, just went ahead and released him. What does that say about the depth of this running back room to you?
1: I think it's, it's deeper than what they anticipated going into training camp, but they feel very comfortable with what they have at that position now that they've seen it a couple different times. And once the, the suspension came down with, with Ronald Jones, you kind of anticipated that, hey, this, this might not be the best uh, best look for him, and it might not have worked out the way that even he anticipated that the Cowboys anticipated, you, you name it. Uh, I don't think anybody expected Ronald Jones to be out uh, this early in Dallas, but uh, it, it did allow for Dallas to at least – evaluate this through through two weeks of of regular season actions or an entire real preseason. And Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn distanced themselves from Ronald Jones and what he brought to the table as a running back. So, yeah, I feel for Ronald Jones because it was kind of tough. He was put behind the eight ball really as as soon as the suspension came down. But at least Dallas released him following the two games So he's already served the suspension, and he's good to sign with any of the other NFL teams that might want his services.
0: When you look at what Mike McCarthy's been able to do in the first two games with this Texas Coast offense, are we just really getting a taste of this right now? I I still think that that playbook is – there's a lot more to it than we've seen so far.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I think we're just a couple pages deep into the playbook right now. I don't think they've really revealed a whole lot to this point they haven't needed to because you jumped right in front of the giants as much as you did uh you you took control of time of possession and just were effective with the football against the jets you didn't blow the jets out of the water by any means but you you had control of that game from the get-go and let your defense do the rest and, and that's really the key i think once we finally see the pressure put on this offense, you're going to see the playbook open up a little bit more. It may not happen until week five <laughs> against San Francisco, uh, but if that's the case, uh, we'll, we'll be ready for that. But it is the NFL and, and you, you can never really chalk up a win, uh, especially on the road. And you got to go face a, an Arizona Cardinals team. That's in desperation mode at O and two right now uh, with a, a defensive coordinator or a head coach. That was a defensive coordinator in your division. So, don't, don't think that these are going to be too easy wins for the Cowboys these back-to-back weeks. I think you can expect a win, but they're going to be challenged at times, and they're not going to blow every NFL team out of the water this year.
2: Okay, you answered my question, Kyle. Uh, I was going to say, is there a chance that we don't see maybe the entirety of this offense until the 49ers game? <laughs> and, you, and So there, there is a chance, I mean, and not that they're obviously overlo- not overlooking the Cardinals or the Patriots, but both those teams are 0-2 for a reason. I think the Patriots are a lot better 0-2, but yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing, like maybe they don't really open it up unless it's a close game late with one of these teams until they see San Francisco.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it goes back to the desperation factor because the, the Patriots are on the road against the Jets this week in a divisional matchup. If they fall in that game, Against the Jets in New York, they'll be zero and three next week too. So you're going to get everybody's best shot, and the Cowboys normally do just because of the, the attention and the, the fanfare that's around the organization as a whole. But I i just don't think the expectation that the Cowboys uh, have right now is we're going to walk in and beat everybody by thirty. Like that's not the right expectation, and I don't think that is what they're thinking. I think they're saying each opponent is going to bring their best. They're going to bring a unique challenge. This week, it's it's the blitz-happy defense. It's Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback, who can be very mobile. They're going to challenge you in different ways, but it's whether or not you can roll with the punches and make the right adjustments in order to be successful each and every week. Uh, I'm interested to see when they get challenged for the first time because, like I said, it could be week five or it could be in the second quarter against Arizona this week. That's just how crazy the NFL could be.
0: With a veteran quarterback for the Cardinals, how does Dan Quinn – Attack this offense with his defense.
1: Uh, just send Michael Parsons every <laughs> single play. Just let him get after it. I think that's probably that's a pretty good indication of what's happening. I, I think I think the NFL needs to start adopting the sack of like a, like an assist an assisted pressure. Like they need to just put a, a, an assisted pressure because right now Osa Odigizua leads the Cowboys defense in pressure rate. He has pressures on 28% of the dropbacks from opposing quarterbacks. Osa Digizua is a great player. He should not be leading the team (laughs) in pressures. But the reason why he is is because Micah Parsons is destroying the rest of the offensive line. And it's allowing for these guys to play free. By the way, guess who's fourth on that list? In the NFL, out of the NFL pressure pressure rate, it's it's Osa Digizua, Micah Parsons number two, some other guy at number three, and then number four, it's the it's Demarcus Lawrence on the other side of the line of scrimmage. <laughs> wow! So, Micah Parsons is doing that for everyone else on this defensive line. I think we need to start giving him an assist. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's do an assisted pressure. Next gen stats. Somebody get on the line. We got to get something going here. So I think <laughs> Micah Parsons would lead the league in assists uh, at the pressure spot. Yeah, Kyle. That's it's
2: it's kind of amazing you could. He's so dominant defensively and you so rarely see that, you know, with Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald, that it's almost comparable to a basketball player like like Luca. He's so good that everybody else gets open shots all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And that's that's the thing, is is that's what made Aaron Donald so good in the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl is the fact that he stayed durable, he stayed healthy, but he was consistent. And even when he wasn't pushing the pocket or he wasn't, uh, and he always pushes the pocket, so I probably even shouldn't even say that. But when even when he wasn't getting a sack and he wasn't finishing a play, he was allowing for all the guys around him to be successful. And that's what Aaron Donald did well. He was a nose tackle. He's supposed to do that. Michael Parsons is just so good at what he does that you have to go anywhere else and the rest of this defense is talented and deep enough to where when a quarterback says, okay, let me run away from 11, now he's got to face 90, he's got to face 97, he's got to face 54, he's got to face uh, 56. I mean, it just it, it's all over this defense, the talent, the speed. Credit to Dan Quinn, but you got to really credit Micah Parsons for starting and setting the tone.
0: Kyle Yeomans, Cowboys Network, with us here in the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, Kyle, have we seen the best version of this team yet in the first two games?
1: Whoo, that's a tough one. Probably not. And and the reason why is, yeah, you won 40 to nothing. That's probably the most dominant win you're going to have. But you're going to see the best version of this team when you need it the most, hopefully. I mean, that's at least my hope. Uh, Being in the building, that's what the team wants. They want to be their best when they're playing the best teams, like San Francisco. I know the Chargers are 0-2, but they'll be on the road in week six. I mean, that's going to be an interesting matchup in that game as well. Uh, I want to see I want to see this continue to be the better team when they need it the most down the stretch and especially whenever we come to the playoffs and without Trayvon Diggs on that defense it'll be tough and, and there're going to be adjustments that need to be made but you can't let the season end just because of the one injury that that does provide a bit of adversity you got to continue to push through that I'm excited to see how the team does that and, and it starts this week against the Cardinals but I think the better version of what this team's going to look like is going to be when you get tested you overcome that adversity, and you come out on the other side.
0: I asked you this last week. Kevontae Turpin got involved in the offense, continues to be involved in the offense. Are we going to see him more offensively as the season goes on and and, and he really becomes a factor with this offense, you think?
1: I think there's a chance for that. I, I think more so than anything, they want to get the ball to their playmakers, and I think he would be considered to be one of the playmakers he may not put up gaudy numbers he may not put up the massive stats but I think the the added element he brings from a vertical standpoint from a from a speed standpoint can open things up for guys like Brandon Cooks CeeDee Lamb Jalen Tolbert even the tight ends at times I mean he's going to get some some opportunities I don't think we've seen all from what we're going to see from from Kevante Turpin as an offensive weapon this year, but I also don't know if he'd ever be a featured part of this offense. He would just kind of work into the fold where it, it works best for that unit.
0: Well, I think for him, if if I'm going to use him, I'm going to use him on third down because you're going to have to account for him. And if, even if he doesn't get the ball, you better make sure that you cover him because if he does, you're in trouble. And two, it opens up things other places on third down, like the tight end or Cooks mm-hmm. or CD Lamb. I mean, there's so many options that – Defenses have to account for speed like that.
1: Yeah, they do. And I think at times it's it's interesting because the play calling has has to be a trial and error thing with Kevontae Turpin because it is such a nuance in the league of having a guy like that with, with that skill set that it might be some trial, trial and error. I know there was one play against the Jets where he ran like an inside zone in the red zone, and I didn't love the play call, but it's also – they were leading in the game. They're just trying to, to maybe see if it does work or if it doesn't work. And once it doesn't, they're going to throw that out and they'll, they'll look for something elsewhere. But I think the creativity and at least the potential for creativity is there for Kevontae Turpin and what they could bring to the table uh, with his skill set throughout the year. It's just whether or not they use it in the right way as the season goes along.
0: Well, I also think that it, it it adds an element in Mike McCarthy's play calling that I like. And you, mm-hmm. you know what I thought about Kellen Moore, but – for Mike McCarthy, you can see what he's trying to do. He's setting things up for later, and that was a play that I think he was setting things up for later with as well. And, and I like that about this offense.
1: Yeah, thinking three steps ahead. That's what you get from a veteran play caller who had done it for so long and, and been around it for so long. And I think you're starting to see that with this team. I think you're starting to see Mike McCarthy put his fingerprints on this offense a little bit more as we go along but without showing all of his cards at once, which mm-hmm. I think is a good thing for this team.
0: Kyle Yeomans, Cowboys Network with us. Kyle, your score in this game?
1: Give me the Cowboys big. 31-7 to final score. Oh. Dallas gets the win over the Cardinals. I think they get challenged early, but then they run away with it because the defense just takes over late. I think it'll be a fun one for Cowboys fans in Arizona, and they'll come back 3-0 and to face the Patriots in week four.
0: All right, what have you got coming up this week for Cal Yeomans?
1: Ah, so I'm glad you asked that question. I've got a really fun one tonight: the Wakeland Wolverines and the Lone Star Rangers. It's the battle for the El Dorado Waterburger every year. Nice. They battle. They battle because the two schools are very close to each other. They're separated by like a mile and a half. In between the two schools, there's a Waterburger, <laughs> and they 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 play for the the right to go to the Waterburger after the game. So if you lose. You, you, you go somewhere else, you go to a different Whataburger, but if you win, you get that one for the night. Uh, Lone Star had won that game eight years in a row up until last year. Ooh. But Wakeland has a chance to win two in a row for the first time in their program's history against Lone Star. So I'm excited about that. And then tomorrow I'm making the trip down I-35. I'll be at McLean stadium. I'm going to be uh, bu- bumming around with the Baylor bears and the Texas Longhorns tomorrow night. So, uh, that should be a, a whole lot of fun going to get to come down and see the family and get to watch some good football. And I mean, I know there's a lot of Texas fans in the area, but I grew up in Waco. So sick and bears. Let's get after them. Let's pull off the upset and make things really interesting in the big 12.
0: There he is. Kyle Yeomans, Dallas Cowboys network. Hey, have a safe trip coming down. Have a great call tonight. And we look forward to talking to you next week.
1: All righty guys. Thanks for having me as always. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. There he goes. Kyle Yeomans, Cowboys network.
1: Hey,